Podcast Yggdrasil. And we're back. Oh, yes. We are. Come on, some enthusiasm, Matthew. It's summertime. Summer yeah. vacation started. We got terror attacks. People got murdered. Yeah, that's the terror thing. People lost their rights. Yeah, fetuses are going to be murdered. No, wait, that's not happening anymore. Abortion, Matthew. Let's just jump right in. Let's go there. Our rights got aborted. They Especially did. our rights. You, you, yours and mine. As, as men. Norwegian men. As men, we suffer. A great deal. <laughs> Whew. It's been a rough week. It has. Yes, it's uh, yeah. it's raining on top of everything. Yeah. But summer rain can be nice sometimes. So, this week, Matthew, what went on? We've had some events here in Norway for once. Want to start there? Yeah, I mean, our saying about terror not really happening that often in Norway is getting harder and harder to continue with what's probably another terror attack. It's technically not completely solved. There might be some mental issues in this situation. Uh, we had another situation with that, but you know, there there was a mass shooting. It was against a gay pub, a gay yeah. bar, and two people two people were killed, and around twenty people were injured. Pride was cancelled. Yeah, the twice. Pride, Pride parade was cancelled, and uh, just now the um, memorial. The memorial. Has memorial, been yeah, the memorial event for the shooting was cancelled. So yeah, this uh, assuming, because like you said, we can't know entirely for sure that this was politically motivated the, or the, religiously the, motivated. The perpetrator has a history with mental health. Uh, mental illness, yeah. Yeah, and uh, he, based upon if I understand it correctly, it seems like he, he stabbed someone at some point, like way back, and... Uh, when he went to court, he ended up, you know, being considering so mentally unwell that he was he was not sentenced, Un unfit to stand trial. Yeah. So uh, if if he's in a similar state of mind, uh, you know, he might not be a, as clear cut of a case. But it seems that you know he has been part of a environment with you know fundamental views on this. So even if he himself is not driven by you know the motivation of terror people with those similar minds have definitely pushed him yeah like you said he does have some history with mental illness but we also know from our national security service the pst PST. hi hi PST. <laughs> our hashtag uh, we know from we've heard from them that he has been involved in a radical islamist uh network ever since 2015 or at least they've they've kept tabs on him since 2015 and they had him in for a talk in may of this year i think may or march and last week he went and killed some people uh, thankfully he was stopped the coward ran away but he was uh, chased down and subdued by some civilians and within five minutes of the shooting uh, police were on the scene, so I guess I guess we got off kind of easy with yeah, just two people dead. Could this have could have gone a lot worse. It could have been much much worse, and we've seen how it can look. I mean, this is our third. Assuming it's a terrorist attack, this is our third one in eleven years, and the first one in twenty eleven. Uh, that was a that was a big one. Yeah, and that's what's happened when the police doesn't get on scene that early and the people are not able to stop so easily. Yeah, like 77 people, I think, were murdered back then, many of them children, and that shook our nation. So it could have been worse, but this was still horrible. Uh, not just because two people lost their lives and so many were injured, but also because this seems to have been targeting the LGBTQ movement and, you know, People. It happened the night before the official Pride Parade here in Oslo. So it seems like it was targeted against LGBT. And that makes it even darker. I mean, terrorism is... I mean, any mass shooting is dark as fuck. Yeah, I mean, the Pride Parade was supposed to be 
you know the the big celebration to the fact that it's uh, it's fifty years now since uh, homosexuality oh, got. Um, oh yeah, it's fifty years. I'm not sure if it was fifty years since it got decriminalized or since it's got removed like a, a psychic illness. I uh, think decriminalized. Yeah. Yeah. But uh, you know, it's been a big uh, year. It, it's it's been a big year, and um, in many ways, this was kind of like now we're gonna look further. But I feel like the entire Pride, you know, month, and we 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 discussed this last time, has been colored by the fact that you know, we've kind of gotten you know, I would say almost like American attitudes in our political discourse with like oh, the gays are taking so much space and they're, like, trying to sexualize the children. They already and... have so many rights. Why do they got to nag us for more? Yeah. And, you know, then this happens and bam, and uh, the discourse ain't stopping. Yeah, I mean, uh, I mentioned to you earlier that I include myself among that number who probably took took our advancements when it comes to LGBT rights a bit for granted because... I was, even though I, I mean, I know people personally, friends and acquaintances who have been attacked for being gay, so I should have known better, but I was still surprised when I was confronted by, you know, just how many people are still very aggressive towards yeah. this advancement of LGBT I mean, rights. I slap your ass in public and we haven't been punched down yet, but you know, there's more to this than just our own experience. Yeah, and I mean, these people are cowards. They attack people who are vulnerable and who they don't think are able to defend themselves. And that's what we saw here. People just trying to celebrate love and diversity and they were punished for it. And yeah, like you said, the rhetoric from a lot of people has been just downright disgusting. Yeah. And it's funny to see like some of these far right people because they're divided between saying like, you know, bad shit about, you know, the gay people and pride and everything. But then they also want to say bad things about the Muslims. Oh, yeah. So they're like, you know, oh, we hate both groups. How can I choose? Yeah, it's a package deal, people. Yeah, no, so it's been it's been rough. I mean, any rational, decent human being knows that you should never, never read the comment fields on, oh. on articles from the big national papers. But some of us do, and the shit I saw was disturbing. Mistakes were made. I mean, after an attack of this kind, a really gruesome attack. I mean, it's a brutal thing to happen. I mean, I know most Americans will probably won't bat an eye at ah, two people dead. A mass shooting and only two people died? What is this? Tell me when your dead children could man a football team. So, yeah, I mean, we got off easier than we could have. But it's still a very gruesome thing to be out enjoying yourself and suddenly you could die. And especially here in Norway, we, we aren't used to seeing guns up close. Unless you're, unless you're a hunter or, you know, a sports enthusiast. Turns out you could shooting. have guns in the country and don't shoot people. Yeah, turns out. So, but yeah, a lot of people are very willing to just go right out and say that, nah, I don't like all this pride shit, all this deviant sexuality. I didn't think people in Norway still use those words to describe, even the people who don't like LGBT, I didn't think they used, would use the word deviant sexuality. Oh no, it's important for them to make sure that like they're a natural and I'm like a normal person. That's mm. why I'm like yelling racial and homophobic slurs on a forum. Why we gotta change society? I've been very comfortable here all my life. I gotta treat people with respect and dignity now? What is this? Fucking liberals. <sighs> that being said, I mean, there are assholes out there, of course, but I also think we aren't doing ourselves any favors by reading these common fields. I mean, it is a recipe for disaster. Because I think most people, they read these articles and they go, Jesus Christ, why can't people be left alone? Just live in love and move on. I don't think most people bother commenting in the common fields because they, 
when they see a an article, for example, uh, that talks about LGBT rights in a positive way, most people just say, yes, I agree with this. Let's treat human beings like human beings and give them rights and decency and stuff. So what you're left with in the comments are the most despicable, disgusting, rotten fucks in our society. So I guess like 50 or 60 year old white men. Isn't that very racist of you to say, Andy? It is, it is, it's very racist, which I am Stop against. Old people? I'm not old yet, you know, so I can be, as long as it doesn't affect me. I may be a white male, but I'm not 50 or 60 years old yet. We'll, cro- we'll burn that cross when we get to it. <laughs> no, so, so yeah, I think they're a minority, but I didn't think, I mean, it's still jarring to see people posting all this heinous stuff with their full name on display. Like, people could look yeah. you up and find out exactly who you are and Here's where you live. Here's my phone number. Yeah, I mean, they could really find out who you are. If and... you want to call, we can discuss. Please call, I'm lonely. Yeah. And they're still doing it. I, yeah, I mean, I don't think I have that many... Of those. I don't think I have any opinions like yeah. those that... Did you end up dive, diving down in the comment section? Hmm? Did you end up diving down in the comments? Oh yeah, I read I read some stuff. Yeah, and the stuff I saw was pretty dark. I'm sure they moderate those comment fields oh, and delete comments, but it still, did not feel that way. N- no, the shit that went through, <laughs> or at least the stuff that was still there, like twelve hours after like, posting I, I, the. I hope article. that was unmoderated because then I fear to see what I they mean, deleted. If that was a moderated comment field, I don't want to see what they, you know, filter out. So yeah, our third terrorist attack, most likely in 11 years. All from the radical right. A lot of people, a lot of people got angry with me when I started referring to it as uh, far-right extremism. I mean, it is. Yeah, but most of these people are... But they're are... Muslims, they are... Le- what? But I mean, I'm, I'm on the right, I'm far-right, and I hate Muslims... Listen, so they just can't be, be like me. Just because your sky daddy is slightly different, it's the same shit. It's it's not even different. They all worship the same guy. They just have different names. Yeah, I don't I don't give a fuck which sky muppet you call God or who you worship or which pedophile in a dress you call a prophet. I don't care. It's all the same stuff. Just leave the rest of us out of it. It's not that difficult. Uh. And I was so annoyed, like, you know, the, um, I guess our president technically, you know, was out and said... Uh, president? Yeah, you know, like, the, we technically have, like, a president position, but it's, you know, the of the parliament. It's basically, you know, yeah, speaker of the house. The parliamentary president, okay. You know, he was out and said, you know, ah, this kind of hatred has nothing to do with religion. And, like, my, <laughs> my, my, my first reaction is, like, have you read your holy book? Have you read our holy book? Because they don't like gay people in there. There's a reason we have separation of church and state, people. I mean, we don't. We should. America has it, though. I mean, yeah. <laughs> Technically, here in Norway, we do still have a state church. That's true. I've had to, yeah, I've had to end my uh, membership in it like three times. Yeah, me as well. And I was never even, you know, in there as a yeah, child. You weren't even baptized. Yeah. I did a full dipping and everything. So, terrorism. Again, what do you think will happen? Do you think anything major will change after this? The interesting part here, I feel, and we we talked some about this earlier, is that, you know, there was supposed to be like a big event today, you know. Memorial? Memorial, which was kind of also be like, you know, a pride, um, you know, not the pride march in the same way, but, you know, at least a get together. And I believe that, you know, this is... A solidarity march. Kind the, the, of. This is like the day that you know the, the Stonewall uh, riots happened, so it was you know also you know fit fit in that context. But you know the police, after first you know saying that you know it was totally fine and everything was safe, went like, nah, you can't do it. Hmm. And when the first terror attack happened, there was like big get together of like people everywhere. Uh, it was yeah, in twenty eleven. Probably one of the like biggest crowd you'd have seen in Norway since. I think it's the biggest. Yeah. Were you there? And uh, no, I was at the time. I had you know just had surgery, and I was ah, back okay. at on on Wallet. Yeah, because I was there, and there were there was an 
ocean of yeah. people. Yeah, there were hundreds of thousands of people. And uh, I think it's a shame we don't get to do this because I think there's a sort of catharsis to it and, you know, the feeling that we all stand together. But maybe it's because I read too much comment section last night, but, you know, <laughs> it leaves us feeling divided and, you know, that it feels unresolved in a way. Uh, I get what you mean. I do think the two situations are... I mean, they are the same situation. I mean, a terrorist attack happened and people wanted to show up right after it and gather in large groups to show solidarity and, you know, peace and love. That's true for both. But there are some, well, some might say minor differences. <laughs> some might say, yeah, there are some differences. And first of all, the terrorist attack in 2011... Uh, the group targeted, I think, I think, first of all, it was the, it's the first terrorist attack that happened here in Norway in modern time at all. It's the first one. So it shook the nation in a very serious and very horrible way, especially considering more than 70 people were killed and many of them were children. So the whole experience was extra jarring to all of us. Uh, but also, the group targeted this time were, assuming that's what it was, uh, were homosexuals, uh, not, not homosexuals, but LGBT people. And back then, I think all of Norway, every Norwegian felt targeted by that attack. Even though it was the Labour Party youth camp that was attacked and the uh, oh, uh, and, and a government, government building, yeah. I still think most Norwegians felt that Norway was attacked. While this attack, I think a lot more... I think most people consider it an attack on... A minority. A minority on the LGBT uh, community. So the response will, through that, be automatically a bit different. And like I mentioned earlier, uh, before we recorded, I also think that the fact that the perpetrator this time, as opposed to the, the other two times, uh, is a, an immigrant. He's a Norwegian citizen, but he's originally from Iran. And I think that makes the situation a bit more... What should we say? Betent? Ponorsk? Iffy. Uh, yeah, I think the pot is boiling a bit more. The scientific term, iffy. <laughs> iffy. But yeah, I, I mean, I know you. I don't think you completely agree. But I mean, I agree, but I agree probably for like different reasons. First of all, I would say that like, I think that's one of the reasons why this marking would have been like even more important because, if even though it probably wouldn't have been as large as last time, just getting so many people out there, you know, like making the view to people that so many more people are gathering for this than you know just the lgbt crowd would make it feel more like like everybody was attacked yeah i mean uh, i i agree i think uh, i think we should have gone through with the uh, memorial event and not cancelled it uh but i think maybe i mean i can't say this for sure uh but i think that the fact that the perpetrator this time is a muslim most likely I think that makes the situation a bit more hazardous, kind of. And I think, I think the government and you know our security, as a pestea, the security, what do we call it? Security service, national yeah. security service. The spooks. The spooks. Yeah. Uh, basically, the NSA of Norway. Uh, I think they are treating it a bit more carefully due to the fact that Muslims in Norway have already, over the years, faced a lot of aggression from certain communities. And, you know, back in 2011, when the bomb went off, in the hours, how many hours were it? Like five or six hours until we learned that, hey, the perpetrator is an ethnic Norwegian. In those hours, most people assumed that this was Islamic terror. And several Muslims or Muslim-looking people, you know, immigrants, were attacked in the streets. And I think with this attack, considering we know that the perpetrator is an immigrant, I think 
maybe they're thinking that we don't want there to be a second attack and more aggression towards the Muslim population or the immigrant population. Yeah, uh, I, I'm not saying that's the main reason, but I think it's something they put into their calculations. I think it's, and I mean, I said this earlier, that I think it, it comes down to even more of the fact that because they're Muslims or, you know, foreigners, immigrants, you know, people who are feeling othered in a way that our, our own security forces and, you know, police, uh, that they don't probably... They're more afraid of them than they would be from like Norwegian terrorists because we think we we are not doing those things and we think that everybody that are different from us are a risk and you know it kind of reminds me of like how you know when an Afro-American is you know given a description we assume it's a criminal but if there's a white guy then it's like well we need to understand the circumstances and you know it was probably because he has a bad child like it, it has you know omens of that and especially since our security forces not very too far ago felt very comfortable that you know there weren't any threats and now they're saying that like oh we don't know there could be people out there trying to do things make me think that like they're afraid something is going to happen but they have actually no clue if something were going to happen because i mean then they would have like acted before yeah i mean it's hard because these people, these groups, and let's mention that too, that this guy, he's uh, most likely a Muslim. We can't know for sure. Just because he's from Iran doesn't mean he's a Muslim. But most likely he is. He has some history with mental illness, so we don't know for sure what yeah. his motivations are. He's I refused to explain himself unless... Uh, and he has spent some time with some very, you know, ex ex Islamic extremism people. Yeah. So the odds are very, very high. There's a high likelihood that, yes, this is Islamic terrorism. The question is, is this guy, did this guy do this rationally? Did he make a conscious choice of doing it, knowing the consequences and effects of what he was doing? Or was he manipulated and used by someone hmm. to execute a plan that they made? And, and who gave him the guns in that case? Yeah. And uh, because this is kind of interesting if you were to compare it with the two other Norwegian attacks that, you know, even though this technically looks like a lone wolf attack, it's not necessarily one. I don't think it's a lone wolf attack at all. I think considering the fact that the PST, the police security force, uh, security service, uh, national security service, they've come out and said that, yeah, this guy has been a part of that community, a, a, an extremist Islamic community or, or network ever since 2015 and we've been keeping tabs on him since then uh, I think the likelihood is low that he was doing this entirely on his own and the, assuming there are people behind this guy they know that hey maybe we shouldn't be planning this over email let's meet somewhere in someone's living room or at a cafe or something I mean, and discuss this verbally so uh, not, not, not being racist or anything but like Islamic terrorists are not necessarily known for their love of technology. No, but, you know, we got people here in Norway. Uh, what's his name? Arfan Bati. You know, known terrorist sympathizer. Put stuff out on Facebook saying that gays should die. Facebook let it yeah. stay up. Yeah, he's basically a Norwegian cele celebrity and his source of c celebrity is that he's a massive piece of shit. He's known yeah. for being dangerous. He used to be like, you know... Involved in gangs when he was young and then, you know, had a turn into extremist religion. Mm. Probably to, you know, get away of dealing with the guilt. Fucking asshole. And, uh, I mean, we'll, we'll, we'll see who others, you know, he has been involved with. Because the groups that, you know, Bati has been linked to, it's... Some of them are already, like, sitting in jail because of, you know called for violence and uh, or you know action that led for people to trying to contribute to uh, supporting the uh, islamic states mm. but uh, right now he's not speaking and you know the things he's saying makes it hard to say if he's acting the way he does because of trying to get publicity as like a political terrorist or it's because he's having a worldview or reality that's not in touch with anything. 
yeah, I mean, is he in touch with reality or is he living in a completely disassociated state? That's the big question here. Uh, so we'll see. It's important not to make too many big assumptions, I think, even though, you know, likelihoods are high of this and that, but we should still take a wait-and-see approach, I think. Um, so yeah, I'm hoping we get some developments soon. But we'll see. Anything else on that? No, I mean, you know, Pride's been cancelled, but uh, if you're living somewhere else, it might seem that somebody wants to cancel Pride for all time. Mm. And uh, also take some other rights from you when they're at it. Yeah, because not a week America. passes by without America. Like, we were supposed to have the spotlight this weekend, damn it. Yeah, but no, they won't share the spotlight. America's still a fucking mess. <laughs> What's been happening in America, Matthew? Well, the Supreme Court basically... <laughs> the Supreme Court! Yes, I mean, we shouldn't be... Why not? We, should, Why not? we shouldn't be calling them Supreme at this point, but they basically went... Oh, that's a nice bunch of rights you have. Shame if something were to happen to them. Hmm. Let's take a break. You seem tired from exercising all those rights. Let's give you a pause. Yeah, they fucking killed abortion rights mm. this week, last week. Uh, we knew it was coming. Uh, I mean, we've kind of known about it for years. I mean, they've, they haven't been very subtle in what their goal is. It's always been on the chopping block, abortion yeah. rights. And, you know, back when, you know, Brett Kavanaugh was uh, confirmed for the Supreme Court. I mean, this was 2017 or something. It's not that long ago. But, uh, yeah, people... The people supporting his nomination were very, very open about why they supported supported it. He was one of a bunch of douchebags from a list from the Federalist Society, and the Federalist Society is a bunch of, you know, ultra conservative, fascist assholes who want to kill as many rights as possible, making it easier to control people. And uh, yeah, the people supporting Brett Kavanaugh's nomination were like, "Yeah, I want them to kill abortion." Ironically. And uh, yeah, now it's there. So the Supreme Court has uh, come out with a... What's the English word? Basically, they've come out and said that, yeah, Roe versus Wade... This old ruling? Yeah, we made a mistake ruling, 50 years ago. Yeah, the ruling on Roe versus Wade, uh, that's no longer the precedent. And what happened the second they did this was that a bunch of states... Uh, they had these trigger laws ready. and Almost like they knew. Yeah, I mean, they knew what was coming. And as soon as they made the ruling, these states started banning abortion. So a lot of women are going to die. I want to ask you because, I mean, I'm not sure how many people you managed to talk to considering you've been on vacation. But, you know, I've heard you had your talks with other people and you've been like, you know... They're gonna come. They're gonna take your abortion rights, you know. And you know, people are always like, "Ah, you're you're overreacting. You're overreacting. Andy. They won't do that. You're just, you know, you're you're looking too much into this." And I'm such a drama queen. And I'm wondering if any of those people has like, you know, reacted to this. Oh, I'm. There are. I have a list. <laughs> much like the Supreme Court, I have a list of people. I'm gonna. T <laughs> yeah, I have some people I'm gonna talk to, because yeah, you know our friend Bob. Oh, yeah. Oh, we're going to have a conversation. <laughs> I mean, I'm, I'm sure he has a good explanation why this is a good thing. Yeah, I mean... Now the, the, the states can choose themselves. It's not a ban. Abortionists have QAnon conspiracy, bruh. It's all 5G and stuff. But yeah, I mean, the, the excuse the far right is using is that, no, nah, we haven't banned abortion. We're just, we're just sending it back to the states, leaving it up to the states. The same states we've installed some ultra-conservative assholes in. Yeah, and I mean, it's, it's like you would say, like, oh, it's not that, you know, we made slavery coming back. We just let the states choose. Yeah. Well, Isn't that the most freedom choose? of all? That's like the freest thing ever, letting the states decide. So maybe the northern states could do one thing and the southern states could do another thing. That wouldn't surprise me. Speaking of the South and the Confederacy... Uh, the Supreme Court wasted no time in making it very clear what their f next goals are. Because in their ruling, 
the presiding judge or whatever, you know, the lead, the God. I mean, there are nine judges on the Supreme Court and there's one of them who's like the head or something. I don't know if it's on a per case basis or if it's just, you know, the presiding judge or lead judge. But uh, Clarence Thomas. Uh, He's a, I was about to say human being, but I'm kind of questioning uh, my own words. That's debatable. Uh, anyway, yeah, he, uh, if anyone's wondering why you've heard that name before, he's on the Supreme Court, and his wife helped orchestrate the coup attempt on January 6th. Ginny Thomas, I think her name is. Anyway, uh, along with this ruling, Clarence Thomas wrote that now that we've done this, killed abortion rights, the next thing on the chopping block should be uh, access to... Um, uh, access to... Oh. Uh... Huck. I, I'm blanking on the English term. Uh, um, contraception. Contraception, yeah. yes. Condoms and shit. And same-sex marriage. Same-sex relationships. Yeah, which has been, like, legal by Supreme Court for, you know, 20 years. But 2003, I believe that was... Sodomy oh, shit, Lobes that's was, still late. That's yeah. so very late. I mean, that Ooh. was when the states were not allowed to decide anymore. Yeah. So, but, you know, and... Uh, it kind of also opened the door for, you know, questioning interracial marriage since it's the same... Oh, uh, they are definitely going to go that way. Because now that they've opened the door for the excuse, let the states decide. They're just going to say, no, oh, Mississippi is going to be Mississippi. Yeah, sure, Louisiana, Louisiana are going to just ban black people, sure. But those black people can just move to another state, Matthew. State choice. Freedom. If they didn't want to be cancelled, maybe they shouldn't have been black. Yeah. Make better choices, people. Choose your pigments carefully. It's a fucking mess, Matthew. Whew. Yeah, it's... Uh, it's weird to be considering that, like... You know... I'm sure there are places in America where people make it really, really hard. And I mean people as in, you know... Normal people on the street, but also in, like, official places where they make it really hard for, you know, pride parades to exist. Mm. I'm not sure if you saw this thing, but there, there were some, there were a place where, like, some sort of, uh, you know, not the pr Proud Boys, but some similar group. Yeah, the book reading? Uh, no, no, no. Um, there was, like, a van that was stopped by the police. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Oath Keepers. Yeah, Oath mm. Keepers that were filled with, like, you know, people with, like, batons and, you know, they were going to fight some sort of pride rally. Oh, no, 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 no. They weren't going to fight anyone. They were going to attack them. Oh, I know. But, like, you know, we, you already had those things. But it's, like, I read, I think it was last day, that, you know, police had dispersed in Turkey, in Istanbul, uh, the attempt of making a pride parade and you know there is considered illegal uh, because you know Turkey is basically like Muslim Russia at this point mm. um, and you know a couple of years this might be how big states in America is yeah I mean the people in leadership positions from these states you know senators and governors they aren't hiding who they are anymore they're just coming out and being very open about about what their values are and there are so many people in America now I mean I guess they've always been there but a lot of these people feel so emboldened in saying in, in voicing their heinous views against I mean, their fellow Americans they literally have you know the most important institution of the land saying do your thing, we got your back. Yeah. Because that's the thing. The Supreme Court is locked conservative for the next several decades. Because, I mean, sure, more judges are going to die. And, I mean, I guess hopefully the Democrats or at least someone non-Republican will win the next presidential election. I think we're getting a new term for President Donald Trump, sadly. But hopefully he doesn't. And hopefully a bunch more Supreme Justices will die and can be replaced with very young, uh, progressive people. But unless a lot of them die <laughs> during a Democrat, uh, Democrat term, uh, Democrat presidency, 
the Supreme Court is going to be fucked for many, many decades to go. Yeah, I mean, I, I kind of think you only have one option at this point, and that is to start stacking the courts. Yeah, you need to stack the courts and expand the number of judges on the Supreme Court. The Supreme Court should be just disbanded, period. Yeah. It should not... Nine people should not be able to determine the destinies of more than 300 million people. It's insanity. It should not be a thing. Nine people, Matthew. And the way they, like, determine, you know, the Constitution, it's, you know... The Constitution says nothing about abortion, nor does the Bible. The only place in the Bible where they even talk about abortion is how to perform one. The the Bible is kind of cool with it, but... uh... Yeah, I mean, the Bible specifically states that... Uh, that you will if you if you murder someone and if you push a pregnant woman down the stairs and kill the kill the fetus uh, the punishment for killing the fetus should not be as severe as a regular murder so even the bible says that yeah a fetus or a a baby in a woman's belly is doesn't have the same worth as a you know living breathing person and trying, yeah. to, trying, trying to tell Christian people what's actually they're saying in their own book. That's a yeah. And I, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I don't want to prod them on here. But the Bible also says that uh, a woman is subservient to a man, and you should be able to sell your daughter. Yeah, and also so, that rich people don't get, go to heaven. Yeah. So yeah, there's a lot of hypocrisy going on there. We mentioned pretty sure they're also kind of very pro rich distribution of wealth. Yeah. And also, we mentioned earlier uh, the separation of church and state. The USA is supposed to have it. Yeah. You know. And they still think the constitution were written by Jesus. (sighs) These fucking people, Matthew. I get so tired. These people. Can't you just walk off a cliff or something? Uh, They probably miss. (laughs) (laughs) Whatever they were falling against, they probably miss it. I think I've seen this picture of like, you know, you know, like a painting that's made kind of like, you know, the with all the disciples. Yeah, the but instead, Last Supper. But, but instead, it's like, you know, the founding fathers writing the constitution. Mm. And then like Jesus is standing back, kind of like guiding the hand yeah. of the one who writes. Mm. Supervising. <sighs> These people. Did somebody point out the point where they say that they were like escaping from, you know, religion in Europe? Mm. And somehow we managed to become more secular than them. It's crazy how insanely far the religious extremists in the USA have come in grabbing power. And, you know, <laughs> there's a quote from uh, Star Wars Knights of the Old Republic 2, the video game. Apathy is death. Yes. You like saying it. And yeah, every year that quote is becoming more and more ominous and true. Apathy is death. And I think we are seeing the death throes of America right now. I don't think the American empire will survive 2030. I think we'll see something very different by the time we get to 2030. Yeah, it's... uh, I mean, they have a lot of power, but like they have to focus so much on all the issues that are clashing in their own country. Like, Russia had to start a fucking war they couldn't win to get the same amount of internal struggles. Yeah. In America, a tweet does the same thing. Yeah. And, I mean, I I guess this is just beating a dead horse because we've talked about this on many previous episodes, but the divide between the two major sides in American politics is just... it's so massive and the debate and conversation you know the whole political conversation over there it's so poisonous and toxic i just i don't see any reconciliation between those two sides and yeah yeah and it's like you know living in two different worlds one side you know they you know i don't want to call the Democrats rational because I feel like they're crazy in their own way because uh, they're at best like, complicit. Their 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 house is on fire and you know their reaction is like, huh, maybe we should have had you know 
a better fire alarm when the problem is like, you know, the other party in the room are like throwing gasoline at the walls and, you know, flaming it up. But, you know, when you have one party that act like that and the other one is like, you know, we're just willing to burn everything down and they're trying to reason with each other, there's... You don't get reason from insanity. Yeah, and I, I think the two of us, were pretty... We're in agreement when we say... I think I speak for us both when I say that the Democratic Party in the USA are not the People's Party. I mean, both parties... Of course, one of them is way worse than the other, but they are both owned by the same people. Billionaires. Yeah. The people who hold power. They aren't fighting to help us. Their their primary objective is to maintain the status quo, I feel. Yeah, and I mean... uh, I don't know if you paid attention to this, but like... Suddenly out of the blue, Elon Musk, you know, famed guy, goes out on Twitter and like... Firstly, people are going to try and cancel me and say, hey, no shit. Secondly, I'm Republican now. Yeah. And essentially what happened is like, at this point, the... He was accused of the, some the, shit. The Washington Post was like, hey, can we get a comment to this? And he's like jumping out in front because basically what happened is like, he had a stewardess on, you know, his private flight that for some reason he made like learning to massage him. Hmm. And it was like, you know, if you jack me off... I'm going to give you a horse. And she's, of course, like, what the fuck? <laughs> I want a pony. Uh, Disgusting pig. So, you know... Holy shit, I'm accused of sexual misconduct. I'm a Republican. Yeah. That, that, that's, that's essentially like his thing be doing. And, you know, he's, you know, gone from this, like, oh, I used to be a Democrat. I used to be this thing to, like, oh, all the Democrats are insane. And, you know, his reasons are not, like, you know, sensible. He's like... Oh, the Democrats are insane because, you know, like, there's so many, like, union lawyers mm. in the Democrats. And it's like, um, I don't think that's what they're famous for. I, like, there might be some there, but, you know, it's like, it's not like the majority group that votes Democrats. And, you know, it, it gives such an impression of, like, the people who are willing to fund the other side because they're like, if you could just let us do whatever we want... We will let you do whatever you want on the other side. Yeah, and that's where and, and that's that's kind of where you get this friendship between business and fascism. And it's worth repeat, repeating again and again. I feel that in order to achieve the results most of us are looking for here, you know, common decency, human rights, politics that move us towards a future where you know, perhaps the environment isn't as fucked freedom and the pursuit of happiness or yeah. whatever in order to reach those goals we cannot we cannot allow the other side to continuously break the rules abuse them and cheat we can't allow it and we can't just you can't play a game with someone who's cheating yeah it's impossible to win that kind of game unless they're hideously incompetent which, thankfully, the Trump administration were very adept at. They, they have mastered incompetence to a whole different level. I'm sure if you would ask Trump if he was great at incompetence, he would... Sc- I'm the best at incompetence. You should see my co- incompetence. He's the best of the incompetence. Oh, uh, we have seen. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Hey, Ivanka, come sit on my lap. So, yeah, you can't allow those people to cheat. If you're playing a game with someone who cheats, you need to either remove the other player, which can be a dicey process. I mean, yeah. I'm, I'm all for revolutions. I'm, I'm, I'm going to give an example here. I'm not sure if I have told this on the podcast before. I might have told this story, but oh, you know, God. like, I don't know you, Are but you like... Are you sure this isn't classified? Growing up. What? Oh. Personal details? I mean... I mean, we're best friends, but damn, man. <laughs> okay, okay. <laughs> You know, growing up, like, you know, I, I enjoyed playing, you know, like, board games and stuff. Yes. And uh, I was, you know, going down to my friends one day, and there were, like, a couple of them, and, you know, their big brother were playing, like, uh, Monopoly. Mm-hmm. And, you know, Monopoly is fun. And, you know, I was just casually sitting there because, because they're, you know, they were at the end. And, you know, my friend, you know, he rolls the dice, and he goes on, you know, one of those that says, like, you have to, like, pay, you know, 10% of your yeah. money in taxes. And, you know, he, like, looks over his money, <laughs> and he takes some of it, and he puts it, you know, on the table. 
And his brother just looks at him and is like, you know, really? <laughs> and, you know, he's just trying to play innocence. So his brother just stands up, takes him by his ankles, lifts him up, and it rains money <laughs> from every inconceivable pockets. And it's like, you know, it's, it's literally, you know, the way you think about these businesses where like 90% of all their capital is just hidden somewhere else. Yeah. And don't tell me that... Every single goddamn American would not turn turn on their television to see Elon Musk and Jeff Bezos being yeah. held by their ankles and gold bars falling out of their pockets. And you know, my point they is, they would watch that. My point is this: like, if people cheat, that's how you have to react. Yeah, you just you can't keep playing by the rules if someone is cheating. When people cheat, they say, "I'm not playing the game anymore." Yeah. So you have to either. Grab them by the ankles, like you said, and grab them by the ankles. That should be our new slogan. <laughs> yeah. Grab them by the ankles <laughs> and shake them. Give them a good shake. Or you need to tip the table over. You just you need to stop playing the game as it has been played. You can't win against those people. And just like you can't tolerate intolerance, you can't tolerate cheating in this way. So yeah, you need to not stoop your stoop to their level, but you can't play by the rules when they aren't. You just can't. Or at least you have to play by the rules so that, you know, every democracy should, you know, have a way that, like, you know, if somebody tries to fuck it over, there's levers to pull. There, like, there's a reason why, you know, people who committed insurrection should go to jail. Hmm. It's, and you know, if we rob a bank, we don't get to ride a bus home. And also, again, worth repeating... The reason we have, you know, checks and balances in place is to avoid situations where the people rise up with pitchforks and, and torches and start cutting the heads off their kings and queens and leaders. Some of us are not unwilling to go to those steps. I would rather see us go to those steps than just do nothing. But I really, really, really don't want to go there. Yeah, I mean, rights must be fought for and they must be preserved. Yeah. And, yeah, it's just... And ironically, that's what the Supreme Court was supposed to do. Yeah. The problem in America when it comes to, you know, intervening against this is that there's no real faction with any real power that can step in and... Yeah, it's, you know, it's the faction that are burning the hounds down and it's the faction that are like, this is fine. Yeah. So, I mean, I wish Bernie Sanders had an army of millions of people ready to step in, take power and, you know, democratize the USA. Bernie's army. (laughs) Bernie's army. Feel the burn. But there simply isn't. There just is no opposition in the USA. And... Until that's in place, you can't commit to a revolution. I'm all for revolutions, even armed, violent revolutions when necessary. But it I mean, or- America were founded upon that experience. I mean, they celebrate violent revolution every single Fourth of July. Yeah, the 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 loving fact of you know killing people with hot tea. Yeah. So you just can't do that unless you have a faction ready to step in and take responsibility. And that faction, in order to avoid, you know, warlords and oligarchs and complete chaos, you need a faction with checks and balances in place. With a leadership, sure, but a leadership that answers to the people and that will face consequences if they overstep their bounds. Uh, I mean... I don't want to say that politicians should fear the people, but they uh, should be wary of them. I mean, you know, it's that old, and I think it's pretty much an American saying that, you know, uh, people shouldn't fear the government, the government should fear the people. Yeah. And also, who was it who said it? That those who make peaceful revolution pos- impossible make violent revolution inevitable. I think yeah. I'm slaughtering that quote, but it's a famous quote, and it's... It rings true. If you keep making it impossible for people to make change peacefully, you're going to get change violently. And in that way, January 6th, the coup attempt is interesting because, you know, a bunch of people 
seem to legitimately feel right in doing what they did, attacking the capital and circumventing the results of an election. Some of them being part of the government. Yeah, and it's easy to... Those people, they're traitors to, to their country. I mean, they all are the people who participated in the coup attempt. But some people participated in the coup attempt knowing full and well that what they were doing was treason. Yeah. But most people, I think, legitimately think that they are the good guys. They've been manipulated into thinking so by themselves and others. The thing is, in a few years, that could very well be the right, you know, us, <laughs> the people in the right doing it. And yeah, like, how are you going to differentiate between these two? It's, it's frustrating. I mean, the problem these... comes more down to, you know, the fact that this coup attempt was attempted because of uh, a lack of getting your will through democratic means. And, you know, uh, if there were to come, you know, an, a, a different kind of insurrection, I would feel that's more of a coup attempt that comes because of the current establishment removing all your rights. Yeah, but how how do you how do you show people the difference? Because sure, we on the left, we see very clearly that the, all these people who participated in the coup attempt on January sixth, that they are in the wrong. We know this. But I think if you ask I mean, the other side, I, I, they would say the same about us. I would say, you know, it's not about being in the wrong or being in the right, but like, you know, this... Well, first of all, it's like every coup attempt is a coup attempt, so you can't... Like, even if you do, like, a righteous coup, it, it's still, course, it's it's still, still a coup. coup. Uh, so I, I would argue, is like... Is it a legitimate coup? I would not? argue, one, like, first, like, you need to have exhausted all other options. If you could achieve it democratically, you should do it through those means. You know, it's it's only legitimate to do these kinds of things when you know th there is no no way to get through uh, your your rights in any other way than you know exerting them through power. But I would also say that you know the coup attempt, even though it was a big fucking deal, January six, it was a really 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 tiny amount of people. Sure. Uh, a proper proper coup would or you know not coup but you know uh, let's call it revolution because i feel like coup implies that you know it's a small group it implies sinister intent and, but you know yeah. a, a full-on revolution wouldn't be done by you know 0.1 percent of, of the people it would have to like it would have to happen you know every single state all the big places it, it would you know it would have to have a full-on popular support and if it had that popular support and you could then use that support democratically, you wouldn't need to do it, you know, through force. But if there are essentially, you know, not democratic society that you can participate in that, you know, the majority can get their way about, you know, such important things. Now you, you get to the point where, you know, if, if the, the people in charge are not willing to do their job and listen. But... There are a lot of people, you know, observing from the sides. I mean, the people who participated on January sixth, uh, those are those aren't all the people who feel the way. Uh, oh no! Yeah, they, they weren't. <laughs> that wasn't every single person who felt that way. There are millions the, the, more the scary fact across is, the country if, feeling all, if that all way. those people showed up, America would look very different today. Of course, but yeah, just it's hard because. Every both sides will every you will always have you always have a reason for doing what you do, and what's important is showing the other side that hey, if you want a functioning country at least that isn't yeah. struck by civil war, you need to be able to show the other side that hey, what we're doing is a legitimate attempt at saving democracy. But if you ask most, you know, Trump supporters, uh, Republican voters. They would probably say that, yeah, I mean, the election results were fake. They cheated in the election. We're just saving democracy. We're overturning a fake result. If you look at several of, like, the local Republican, uh, like, what they're talking, when they talk about, you know, Biden, they don't call him president. They call him the guy sitting in the White House and use terms of, like, pe people of, like, you know, 
not official uh, office. Yeah, but that's what I mean, because we are just two years away from a new presidential election in the USA. And the Republicans have already stacked the courts. They have gerrymandered districts. And they are very likely going to manipulate the next election even harder than, than they already did. And when Trump wins in 2024, I don't think it will be legitimate. He might get the votes, sure. But there will be cheating. They already tried with the Postal Service this election in 2020. And I think there will be more of it. I mean, they've already installed people in powerful positions that have already said that they will not certify an election won by a Democratic candidate. And when that time comes in 2024 and 2025, where we have to deal with a, an election result that's name, that names the Republican candidate as the winner, whether it's Donald Trump or Ron DeSantis or Ted Cruz or, you know, Satan, uh, how are we going to go ahead after that? Like, are we going to refuse to certify the election? Are we going to rise up like they did on January 6th? And how, how is it going to look in the history books after? Because I'm having trouble explaining how we will look any different than the people who committed treason on January 6th. Because from the other side's perspective, we're just doing the same thing we're accusing them of doing. Well, I mean, this is the problem with like America being such a big player on the international stage, because the normal thing to do here would be, you know, to ask for international support. But more often than not, America controls what international support is. Uh, I think the major thing that would, you know, affect something like that would be if international observers went out and said the election was fraudulent uh, at that moment you, you have you know a international amount. observers yeah yeah but i don't trust international observers like these people are so narrow-minded i mean you cannot you cannot argue with you know these religious fanatics because you know they they believe only what they believe like you can show them the picture that the world is round and they will still say it's flat hmm. uh so i i think here more in like when when is it morally right to act against, you know, calling a tyranny? I think, you know, it was an important thing. In I a think we passed that point a long time ago. I, I think it was important in a way that Trump got his first term. Not that he got it, but, you know, like, sure, there were some, you know, Russia sentiments and things said. And, you know, most of, uh, you know, the right would say that, like, ah, oh, Hillary Clinton, you know, the things you shared about Russia, that was way worse than whatever Trump did. And, you know, yada, yada, yada. But... There was no, you know, insurrection. There was like, they were protesting in the streets. And this is not me going full liberal saying, you know, oh, we should be nice and respectful. Like, you know, I'm not sure if this was Biden or, you know, Pelosi that was out saying like, oh, I understand that you're mad because they took away your rights. But it's important that, you know, you protest respectfully and, you know, are not too mad and angry. And it's like, no, you should, you should be fucking mad. You have reason to, uh, you need to help people's feet to the fire, whether it's, you know, the people locally, if it's the people, you know, the judges, you you need to put pressure on them and you need to, like, you cannot just rely on the government to function by itself and do what it's supposed to, uh, because, uh, you know, like every other systemic force, if it's not held to any oversight, it will do whatever the fuck it wants and can get away with. Yeah. Um, we've seen that over the last few years. I mean... Like you said, yeah, <laughs> they haven't faced any consequences, and the rhetoric has—it's become much more open yeah. what their motives, motives and motivations are, and their intent. Hmm. Dark times. The thunder was very well timed. Yeah, I don't know if it came if you <laughs> can hear it on the uh, recording, but there's a thunderstorm outside. Yeah. In the words of Rubius Hagrid. There's a storm coming, Harry. Yeah, and, uh, I mean, this quote has been like jerked over way too often by way too many right-leaning Republicans. But oh dear. It, it, it has some, you know, 
truth to it and i don't remember it exactly but you know it's like something like that you know the the tree of liberty must regularly be watered with the blood of patriots mm. but it's fucking true like freedoms and rights they're not things you earn it's not like achievements in video game you unlock and get there is you fight for them tooth and nail and you have to keep on fighting that fights i mean team america the film said it best freedom isn't free Buckle five. <laughs> Buckle five. All right. Call it a day before lightning strikes. Yeah. Let's let's see how many rights we have locked next time we do this. <laughs> yeah. By the time we post this episode, yeah, podcasts like podcasts like ours are probably banned. Yeah. Which may be for the better. <laughs> I mean, we, we 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 Norwegian will probably be considered like persons of color at that point. Probably. Yeah. <laughs> uh. They're all red. All right, until next time, people, see ya.